Hey there, Mike Stelzner with a quick update before we start today's show. As you probably know, this year has been the year of change for Facebook. It's been a very tumultuous ride for those of us that are involved with Facebook marketing. Well, I'm very excited to announce that for the very first time, Mari Smith will be taking the keynote stage at Social Media Marketing World and her talk, Facebook Marketing in a Changing World, Your Roadmap for the Future. Now, there is no marketer on the planet who's more qualified than Mari to bring you her wisdom of where we as marketers need to go in the future. So if you're thinking about coming to the conference, you got another good reason to come. Check it out by visiting socialmediaworld19.com. Again, socialmediaworld19.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2019. Today, I'll be joined by Tom Breeze, and we'll explore YouTube advertising. Now, the reality is, as I mentioned earlier, this is a world of change for Facebook, and you might want to diversify and consider not just putting all your advertising budget into the Facebook basket. That is why I brought on an expert like Tom. You're going to absolutely love today's show. By the way, if you want to email me, simply email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for today's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool tool for marketers that is going to allow them to monitor and give feedback on the social content that is being created. And it's called Planable. So Planable, P-L-A-N. A-B-L-E, Planable, is essentially a feedback operating mechanism that allows you to see what your potential social posts are going to look like before you, maybe at the top, uh, give approval on them. So, I, you know, speaking between you and me, yeah. there's a number of times where I've got some copy, but I know that you can make it better, and including the image and all of that would be helpful. So well, it's a mock-in both, tool. It's a mock-up yeah, tool. Yeah, exactly. It's a social post mock-up tool. And you can see what it would look like in its native Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram um, huh. environment. Uh, you know, it would be really fascinating if it would also mock up Facebook ads. Do you know if it does that as well or no? I, You know what? I didn't even think to look for that. All I saw was the different types of posts. But I, I suppose you could take what you've got uh, in the Facebook native uh, post mock-up and then see what that looks like and then apply that over. Okay. But, crazy uh, question. Doesn't it, doesn't Facebook let you kind of already do this and couldn't you just take a screenshot of a, of a draft? You could, but again, the, the beauty of this is being able to have all of your different social channels all in one specific desktop and mobile app. Got so. it. So, so it sounds like if you're in the business of creating a variety of content and you want to get all that stuff scheduled out, but you want to get approval from the boss so they can, or someone, a copywriter or anything like that, right? You could, right. you could show it to them and then they could look at it and they could say, yeah, that looks good. Or let's swap out that image or whatever. Does it have commenting tools and stuff also? Yeah. It's got the ability to go in and make edits and, uh, you know, tweak the text, huh. even just click approve so that it's there. And then it's in the approval hopper for then it, it can be scheduled. So, oh, really? Yeah. So it can turn into a scheduling tool as well. Yeah, fascinating. So, and so the 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 key here is again, there's kind of there's three different tiers. There's a starter tier, a premium tier, and an enterprise tier. They do have a 14 day free trial, but the starter tier, the lowest one, is twenty four dollars a month. But what that gets you is you get one workspace, which means you basically have one area to work in, uh, three team members. But you have unlimited pages and unlimited posts. So, again, 
with the workspaces, that's kind of like being able to say, okay, we want to keep all our Twitter over here. All it's our- like a Google Doc almost, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so does it allow you to just, is it just for Facebook or does it work for the other platforms as well? No, it's, yeah, it's for all of the platforms. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, dot, 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 right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, Instagram. Where, where do we find yeah. it? So the easy way to find it is planable.io. Again, that's P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E dot I-O. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. And now for this week's interview with Tom Breeze. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Tom Breeze. If you don't know who Tom is, he is the founder of Viewability, a YouTube ads agency. He's also author of the book, Viewability, Harness the Power of YouTube Ads and Be There for Your Customer When It Really Counts. His course is YouTube Ads Workshop. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's good to be here. Oh, it's super exciting to have you. Uh, I am very personally interested in this topic because so many of my listeners focus in on Facebook ads, and I think YouTube is the overlooked sleeping giant for many of the people in my industry. So what I, what we're going to talk about today really is what social marketers need to know to be successful with YouTube ads. But before we go there, Tom, tell us a little bit of your backstory. How in the world did you get into YouTube? Yeah, good question. Because um, I know that I didn't go to school for YouTube. Um, that's for sure. Um, so when I, um, I think the the route that has helped me get into YouTube and where it all started was I went to university um, and I studied psychology at university and then carried on doing my master's in psychology. And I feel like that's underpinned a lot of what I do today. Um, a lot of times when I'm thinking about um, getting in front of certain types of customers and how they'd be thinking, what sort of message you put in front of them, and what offers might convert best, that kind of is all underpinned, I suppose, from a lot of understanding about how the human brain works and the desires that people have and what they want to achieve. But I started off doing uh, psychology, fell in love with the whole area and the whole industry. And straight out of university, I qualified in lots of different areas that I'm, I was lucky enough to be insured and then start working with individuals. And um, I definitely, well, I think I was about 23 at the time. So I definitely couldn't have been a life coach or anything like that. I was well aware of that. But I know that um, the stuff I'd learned meant that I could really help people overcome things like anxiety and um, wouldn't necessarily do uh, depression, but things that would really kind of be um, an anxious time for a lot of people. And when I was in London, as you can probably tell from the accent, um, I'm from the UK, but when I was in London, a lot of the people were, that I got to work with would be people that would be very anxious about a presentation, public speaking, um, meetings, that type of thing. So I had a lot of the business world coming to see me and I used to help them with that, overcoming the anxiety and the fears of presenting in public. And I used to help a lot of people with kind of making sure that they presented very effectively. And the more and more I did of it, the I started doing a lot more workshops. Um, and I started growing my business through running Google Ads in the good old days of Google Ads when it cost pretty much nothing to promote yeah, your what business. What year is this, it, just so people have context? Uh, this was around about 2000 and – must be about 2000 Seven, uh, no, it must have been about 2008 or so. That would have been when I, I think I first. Cool. So um, you were helping. You, you started doing Google Ads. Keep going with the story. Yeah. So I was doing Google Ads, running traffic to my website, and it was really super simple just a case of a bit of text and a form, and then I'll call people back. Um, didn't have a team, it's just me doing it. And I didn't really know anything else about what I was doing, but slowly but surely, I'd understand Google Ads more and more. But my business was thriving. I'd have loads of phone calls every single day. And um, I grew my business and I was working with these people that were looking to become better speakers and be more confident. And um, I had held a, a kind of two day event for a lot of people that were looking to work out how they can present for their businesses. And um, at lunchtime on the first day, a couple of them came up to me and said, hey, we're here because uh, we want to understand how we can present on video for our business. Mm. And um, I was like, okay, cool. I can probably show you a few things around that. And funny enough, I'd actually just created a video for my own business um, and seen some good results. But I just put a video up onto my website and, and my conversion rate on my website went from 7% to 22% pretty wow. much overnight from the same traffic. And so I knew this video thing worked 
and I could see some really good results with it. But yeah, they were saying, hey, how do we do that? How do we create videos like you were creating? And it's, I mean, I wasn't doing anything in like very, um, very good at the time. It was simply a case of I used my parents' um, camcorder from when we were kids and had very bad audio, really bad lighting, but it kind of that just did okay. Uh, but it was, I, I must have been one of the first in the UK to have a video on my website. And, um, and from there, I kind of taught these people how to speak on camera. And they started doing things like putting those videos on their websites. They saw some amazing results as well. And so it kind of transitioned, transitioned me quite quickly into the video world because more and more people would want that as opposed to the public speaking stuff I was doing. And um, from there, they were saying, well, once I've got this video, I can put it on YouTube and I can help you get some more results by optimizing the title and the tags and the descriptions. And so they get more views and get more business. And I started working on like a lot of SEO strategies. I teamed up with a business partner and um, we we looked to see how videos could be performing really well in the search engines, not just on YouTube, but you would get these video thumbnails in the Google listings as well. And we built a whole agency around that. But then the SEO world got a little bit, little bit more um, difficult to run, and it wasn't quite so easy to get the results any longer. And we had a major account, and it was a good friend of mine that had come on board, um, and we we're getting the amazing results of the SEO stuff. But then it started dropping off, and I wanted to keep them as a client and help them out and make sure we're continuing that lead flow. And so I knew AdWords from my past, and so I spent some my some of my own money on that ad just to test and see if I could get anything with some ads for YouTube. And so I took this video that was designed for SEO and I put it into the Google AdWords uh, program and ran it as a YouTube ad and the results were outstanding. I just targeted a few simple keywords, ran the same video and the number of leads we were generating um, was incredible and huge amounts of scale. And I talked to the client, I said, hey, look at these leads converting for you and they were, they were buying his programs. And as a result, um, I started going more and more into the ads world because I realized that I could manage that without having to have a huge team. And um, it, was, it was a very different uh, time um, at that time because we could run ads and get some amazing results, scale very, very quickly. And it's still like that on YouTube now. Um, but it, it's kind of, it's just amazing what, what can happen on YouTube. And um, so, yes, my, my SEO business changed very quickly into more of an ads business and haven't looked back since then. Awesome. And we've grown and scaled and it's been really good fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know today that's pretty much your focus, right? YouTube advertising. Is that a fair assessment? <laughs> it's the only thing I do. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> you are a YouTube ads expert. So, so what I want to do is um, have you make the pitch to the people that are listening right now that are not YouTube ad advertisers. You know, why should we as marketers pay attention to YouTube ads? Very good question. I, I think that the the biggest thing for me is the the pl- fact that this platform is growing and it's a great platform to be advertising on. It's um, so there's so much inventory out there there's so many people going to youtube already um i think i just looked at the stat update that youtube have given and for the 18 to 49 year olds um i think in 2015 they spent four percent less on tv so we're watching tv less and less and in the same year the viewership of youtube increased by 74 percent so people are moving to YouTube, consuming a lot more um, on YouTube, and it's just where everyone's going to. Watch I've got video. some stats too because I recently looked this up for an email promotion I sent out. One billion minutes of video are consumed every day on YouTube. One billion, <laughs> and the, and and there's 1.9 billion active users each month. That's a lot of people, and that's a lot of time, isn't it? It's crazy, right? It's people going there all the time, and. That's one of the biggest things is that people are actually going to YouTube, using it as a search engine, looking for information, and they're sticking around. I think the average session duration is 40 minutes. That's nuts. That's someone going to YouTube and staying there for 40 minutes, looking up videos, watching videos, looking for information. And if they're looking for information that you can help them with as a brand, it's the perfect time to get in front of people because it's search. People are already motivated. They're watching videos, so they're kind of getting a great brand experience if you put a put, put a great video in front of them and it's just this perfect opportunity and a perfect timing to get in front of them but right now it's one out of every at one in ten brands have just tried youtube ads very few people are actually advertising on youtube it's crazy like you ask an entrepreneurial business like hey are you promoting yourself and 
most of them are saying, yeah, we're running YouTube, uh, Facebook ads, but hardly anyone is doing YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it seems complicated and it's, you've got to create a video and it's part of the AdWords platform. So it can seem complicated, but when you know what the strategy is, it's actually very simple. And then it's, you go to the platform and you can actually go and run some really effective campaigns. And hopefully I can share a little bit of that today. Yeah, for sure. So, so in summary, it's early days, believe it or not, there's an opportunity. There's, there's probably more inventory than there is available ad space is what I'm hearing you say. Now, um, I know it's different than Facebook. So I would love you to talk about like, um, not just maybe how, how, you know, yeah, let's talk about this because a lot of people listening are going to be familiar with using ads on Facebook. Um, how is the YouTube user different than the Facebook user and how are the YouTube ads different than the Facebook ads? So when it comes to the users, if you imagine, and you can do it from your own experience, when you're on Facebook, you're in a very different mindset. Um, typically, I'd pick up my phone, go to Facebook, and I'd check my notifications. Then I might look for my contacts and start a conversation, commu- connect with the community. And it's almost like if you put that in the physical world, that's like going to the local bar, for example. You're there to socialize. You're there to connect. And I wouldn't say you necessarily have an agenda when you start going to the platform. But then once you start engaging, then, of course, you might connect and have conversations with people at that point. The reason you go to YouTube is a completely different reason, typically. We're not there for the social aspect. We're going there because we want to either look and learn something or we're looking to be inspired by something. And it's about a 50-50 split. So people go there, 53% of people go there because they want to be inspired. That might be people watching their favorite videos, stuff they're passionate about. And that's great. That's that's one aspect of YouTube. Music, entertainment, that type of thing. Then the other 47% of people will go into YouTube because they want to learn or they want to discover something. So they're saying, I want to know something, I want to do something, or I want to buy something. Those are the three major categories for why people are going to YouTube. So people are going to YouTube in the first instance because they're already engaged. They're already kind of looking for something. They've got that intent behind them. And so as advertisers, when we think about that, on Facebook, People are going there and you can target them based on their interests. At that moment in time, they might not be interested in your ad, but they might share a general interest in what you potentially do if you get your targeting right. And so you have to grab their attention. And that's the, one of the big things about Facebook. It's, yeah, it's, grab it's, it's disruptive, really, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like a billboard see. on the highway, right? Or it's like an ad in a magazine. You don't want to see the ad. <laughs> you just happen to see the ad as you're going through the magazine for people that even know what a magazine is. <laughs> yeah, to like, you gray hairs. What are those things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um the and that's exactly it, right? So um it's almost like if you want to use Facebook, you're gonna have to put up with the ads. That's the, and it's the same with every platform, really. But right. with Facebook, it's like you're going through your news feed and you see a lot of ads there. Um now with YouTube, you see a lot of ads as well, don't get me wrong. But you're normally going to YouTube because you're looking for information. And as an advertiser, if you're getting in front of someone based on the fact they're on YouTube, then you can choose to get in front of people at that exact moment. So if someone's saying, I'm searching for how to do this, and that's exactly what your business does, this is the perfect time for you to get in front of them. And it's not now something where you need to really grab their attention. You can simply start a video often with something like, hey, if you're looking to do this, which is exactly what they've just searched for, then you're going to find that you really connect with that viewer because it's it's like they're saying in their head yes that's exactly what i've been that's what i've come here to youtube for and so the ad can really connect with them and that relevance of your ad to their search means that you don't need to have this huge attention grabbing start of your video i still feel like it's good to kind of try i've got a question for you tom i've got a question um i don't know how this works so that's why i'm asking this but let's say i'm going to um YouTube and I'm typing in social media marketing and then I watch a video that someone made. Um, do I have the option as an advertiser to make my video show up in search? That's the first question or, and, or do I have the option when they searched for that phrase, social media marketing and clicked on someone else's video, if that video is monetized, do I have the option to show my ad, um, once they've clicked to watch that other video? Does that make sense? Yes, and it's a yes in both instances. So the first question, or the first part of that question, asking whether you can show up in the search results, 
as an ad, as like a sponsored ad. Yes, you can. So you can, uh, it's called discovery ads, and that's where your thumbnail will appear at the top of the search results. Um, we don't do a huge amount of that. We do it, but we don't see huge scale with those types of ads. You might find that you get them, that you're there at really relevant times, and it's great for branding because even if they don't click your video, they still see your thumbnail. So if you have your face or your logo in there, it's great to be constantly in front of people in that way. And it's fantastic for remarketing as well, which is exactly the same as retargeting. But like if they've been to your website and you want to target those people, you can make sure that you're always at the top of the search results or on the right-hand side. And those are called discovery ads. Mm. Um, with those ones, you pay when someone decides to click to watch your video. Um, so if they cl- it's like pay-per-view, so to speak. You're paying as soon as they click to play your vid- video. Um, and then, yes, you can do the other one, which is which is those pre-roll ads. So as someone clicks to play a video, if it's being monetized and there's an ad that runs in front of it, that could quite easily be your ad. So if someone's typing in social media marketing um, and they start to watch a video, you can, based on their keyword they typed in or based on that individual video, you might say, I want my ad to appear in front of that video there. You could be that targeted with wow. your targeting you can say okay i want to appear in front of that video that video that video that video or when they type in this keyword i want to make sure they see me my video during their session and i think this is very important because i don't think at least today you can do that with facebook because first of all there's not much search intent on facebook um and secondly you know the 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 pre-roll ads on facebook are so early days i don't even think you know i don't even think there's that many videos to even choose from. So this is very powerful because if you have a service or product and you're using everything but YouTube, you're probably missing a big chunk of people because 1.9 billion people is like, I don't know what percentage of the planet it is, but it's huge, <laughs> right? Yeah, precisely. It's a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, it's it's just a crazy big platform and the targeting options you have available on that platform are huge for a business. The, the problem is, I think a lot of people hear these stories of YouTube failing them, and it's normally because it's the wrong strategy that people have taken to YouTube. So you get all these big corporates that are like, um, run their ad almost like a TV campaign, like, oh, let's just target all these people and see who right. resonates with it. Um, and that's just pushing a message out in front of everybody. And that's not a great way to advertise if you're looking to do direct response. And what I mean by that is like, if you spend money on advertising you want to see a profit quite quickly right. you want to kind of get a click get someone to buy from you and see a profit there um so brand awareness campaigns is, is one huge section of youtube and that's where you see the beautiful cars driving down the mountainside that's great but when you're looking to get one dollar to turn into two dollars and repeat that and scale it then um, in that instance the best strategy you can have is to be as relevant as possible say it's almost like claiming the real estate on YouTube and saying, if someone types in social media marketing, then Michael, your ad should be there in front of the person during that session, whether it be because they've typed in that keyword, whether it be because they're watching a video that you've identified, that's your moment to kind of get in front of the customer because you know you can be really relevant to them and you know you might have the perfect offer for them as well. And so you're just connecting those three things, what they're typing in, what your message is in your ad and the offer that you've got. And if you get that to be as smooth as possible, almost the point where it's such a no-brainer and it's like, this sounds like it's exactly what I've been looking for, then your conversion rates should be very high. Your cost per advertising should be um, very profitable. So yeah, that's kind of, it's not rocket science to this. It's just that some people feel like, oh, here's our best ad. Let's push it in front of as many people as possible. People do that and get average or okay results. But if you want really good results, then the best thing to do is is isolate that real estate, that moment, I call it, a customer moment on YouTube, and then put the right message in front of them with the right offer. And it's going to work a lot more effectively. Okay. Let's say I'm sold on YouTube and now I want to find my target audience. And let's just hypothetically say my target audience is marketers in the United States that might be interested in learning more about social media. Maybe they want to go to a conference, for example, like Social Media Marketing World. So how in the world, outside of the obvious remarketing stuff, you know, uh, let's just assume we're not really focused on remarketing to our viewers of our website, but we're talking about trying to find people on YouTube. How do I find marketers um, that are on YouTube? Um, You know, what do I do? 
very good question. So the strategy to start with would be to do that search-based intent stuff. So um, the way that I look at it is to kind of identify what your customers will be typing in to begin with. Are they looking to know something? Are they looking to do something? Are they looking to buy something as mm -hmm. well? So if they're looking to know something, maybe you can target keywords like social media for business. Um, kind of really think about what your customers are likely to be typing in if it's a wanting to know information. It's more the topics that like it could be like Facebook advertising. It could be um, content marketing. It could be how to write a blog post or how to even create a blog. Um, you might think about where your customers at, are at and you might say, well, how to create a blog might be too early in the entrepreneurial journey, potentially, than someone who's like, how to um, run or how to increase my relevancy score on Facebook. <laughs> That's yeah. a very or, or even how to uh, how to remarket using Facebook ads or whatever. I mean, I mean, I guess you could take a lot of the search queries from your website, couldn't you? And then you could plug some of that stuff because we have a very big website, and I would imagine you could plug some of that stuff right into into the YouTube system. Yes, I thought you were going to call it the YouTube. I thought that sounds like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was going to say AdWords, but I'm like, eh, maybe it's. I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever my um, dad talks about what I do to his friends or something, he's like, yeah, he works on the YouTube thing. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's like the boob tube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, but but can uh, we can we take some of that so search phrases and and um, if we have them, you know, if we know what people are searching for on our website. Could we use some of those very same phrases to um, maybe target people um, on YouTube? Yeah. So I would I would make a list of all the data you can gather from lots of different locations. So I'll say, yeah, if you've got a big website, with lots of traffic already, then you can normally do some mining of that data. And immediately you can see what tends to resonate best with your audience and start to use some of that. But um, the the thing about YouTube is it's it's very different to Google, the search based intent so what i mean by that is that if you go to google and you type in let's say for example you're going there and you're at social media marketing um, tips or something along those lines on google you're looking for a website that might give you more information on that and that's great because you if you can gather that data that's still gold dust to you anyway um but people are unlikely to type in the same type of thing when it comes to YouTube. Um, and, and likewise, it's not necessarily all keyword based all the time because the way you actually use YouTube is you might start off with a key phrase or a key, like you might typing in something into the search bar, but it's, it's very rare for you to go back to that search bar again. What you tend to do is you watch one video, then you click on another video, then you click on another video, and then you kind of go around YouTube quite a bit without going back to the search bar. Unlike Google, with Google, you go back to the search bar and keep on typing in these keywords and refining your search to get closer and closer to what you actually want. But um, so that means that the way it works on YouTube is not necessarily keyword driven. So what I would recommend people do is you make a list of all these key phrases and keywords that you think my customers might be typing in. And then I would actually start typing those keywords into the search bar on YouTube. And you know when you start typing it in, it kind of yeah, suggests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It drops down with all these other suggestions. That shows you what's being searched on YouTube most regularly. So you want to make a list of all of those and bucket those into all the relevant ones into your into your keyword list that you want to target. So let's I would start typing in something like social media marketing, and then I'm sure it's going to be loads of things like plan advice. Um, right, whatever it might be that comes up at that point, strategies, Strategy. yeah, exactly, um, and um, and it might be Facebook and YouTube and all these other things. Now, a lot of them might seem they don't even complete a grammatically correct sentence, or it doesn't even be some. It doesn't even feel like it's something that you would ever type in, or it might feel like it's really long-tailed or like a really long phrase that you think no one's ever typing that in. The fact is, is that as soon as they become a suggestion, people start clicking on them. And so there's these long kind of phrases that get huge amounts of search traffic that you wouldn't have been able to predict that can work incredibly well for a business. So you want to make a list of all those auto-suggest things that come up and just plug them in as they are to your uh, campaigns because you know that a lot of people are typing in these really random search things just because they're being also suggested which means you can actually get a lot of scale from a very 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 specific search term and that's just a great way of targeting that's awesome. 
your customers. So you said there's three different ways people use YouTube looking to know, looking to buy. What was the other one? Yeah, so the other one's a no. So that'd be like the topic side of things. They might type in social media marketing or Facebook advertising or whatever it might be. Then you've got the wanting to um, do and those people were kind of typing in the how-to. They wanted to have the tutorials, the strategies, the tips, those mm. people. Okay. Um, and then you've got the wanting to buy, and those people tend to be reviews. That, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, reviews, unboxing videos, that type of thing. Um, and then, and a classic one for that is like a model type versus, and they type in and versus or compared. Got it. Um, so that could be like my conference versus another conference kind of thing, potentially, or, exactly, yeah. or my widget versus somebody else's widget. Yeah, so, exactly. So, like with with um, uh, we just started promoting a company um that sell BM um mountain bike parts, and there's some really really kind of specific model types um like the drive trains of a, uh, I mean I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking BMX about. BMX or something like that. It. Yeah, yeah, but it's like the GX one versus the NX one versus the G zero one versus, and it's like all these crazy um, model types come up, and these videos have got millions of views, and it's like such a very specific world you're getting into that you need to make sure you're really relevant and a, a, a kind of a key phrase that's very very long-tailed like of a gx1 versus a g01 um you might think well that's so, so random but each one of those videos have got millions of views and so you potentially get in front of a lot of people that would be very interested in buying um, a product straight away off you because it's a it's a very high buying intent keyword which is fantastic news if you're that's the sort of thing you're finding your customers are typing in awesome and now I would love to get to the art and craft of creating video ads. And I know you've got a seven-step process, so why don't you go ahead and take us through those steps? Because I think that um, it sounds as if the model for ads on YouTube is probably distinctly unique to some of the other social platforms. Yeah, it is. And what I think would be a good idea is if um, I go through the strategy and then layer on top some of the stuff that we found more recently that sure. can really just boost things so um yeah as you say we have a seven step process we call it educate and it's a term that we coined because i think it's important to realize that when you're advertising on youtube people do want to kind of learn something they want to know something do something or buy something and so they want to be they want to see these ads that can actually help them and um so we like to make sure that we're kind of half educating but obviously selling at the same time so it's it's an ad and it's educating so we call it educate and um it's an acronym, so the seven letters of educate, A-D-U-C-A-T-E, all stand for something. And so A stands for aim, and it's the viewer's aim. Really, if we know what they're typing in, if we know what their search term is, then we want to try and say something as similar to that as possible in the very first part of the video. And um, we want to align with the viewer's aim. Now, you can do it in lots of different ways. But what we're trying to do is just make sure that they, we know we're being as relevant as possible to the viewer. So as soon as you see this ad in the first five seconds, I've been searching for something and an ad says exactly what I've been searching for. You've, can, gra you've grabbed my attention. Can you explain? Can you give an example? Yeah. So let's say, for example, let's take the social media marketing strategies. Right. Um, key phrase, let's say, for example, if that's something that we wanted to target, then we might say in the start of the video, um, hey, look, if you're looking for a really good strategy for your social media, um, for your social media, then listen in, because in this video, I want to share with you three steps that are going to really help you out. Cool. So yeah, it's as simple as that. Just keep it really, I mean, you might get more creative as you go, but that's kind of, uh, I would so say- So it sounds really as if simple. we might have to make unique intros to a whole, you know, the, the rest of the video might be the same, but we might have to make unique intros to quite a few of our videos to match some of those phrases. Is that about right? That's a great strategy. Yeah. yeah, that's that can work really well. So you might say, hey, I've got my um, core part of my video that I want to, like they say, for example, you're selling the event. Then you might say, right, the core part of this message is this event is amazing and we've right. got that message perfectly done. But at the start of the video, you might have a unique intro, 15 seconds or something, just to really uh, make sure you're being super relevant to what people are looking for. And then it feeds into that middle section of the video. Perfect. So A is for aim. Yep, the viewer's aim. Um, D is for difficulty. And this is where we know that people are going to YouTube searching because something's stopping them from achieving their aim. And so we want to make sure we align with that, let them know we know what that difficulty is. And sometimes people aren't completely sure about what the difficulty is. Um, and that's why they're searching. And it's if we can explain it to them in a way that makes sense. So like, actually, yeah, you've just explained my problem to me in a way that I've never realized before, 
then you really bond with them. So when I used to do the public speaking training with people, I knew one of the biggest things that people had was actually the fear of a shaky voice. It's the fear of sounding shaky in front of the audience. That's kind of something they wouldn't necessarily realize until it's been said to them. They're like, oh yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Um, so that's something I, as soon as I added that to my marketing messaging, I had so many more people kind of just aligning with that straight away. They're like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to verbalize that, but that is, it's a shaky voice. That's what my problem is. Mm. And so if you can do that with your customer, that works really well. So hold if on a can, second. Yeah. Let me, let me pause. So, so for example, hypothetical play with me here, my aim, let's say that if your desire is to be speaking on stages all over Europe, right? Let's just say that's who you're targeting. Um, you know, uh, then keep watching for some, uh, valuable tips. Uh, and then you might follow up with, uh, you might be concerned that you don't have a voice, <laughs> you know, that sounds really great, or maybe you stutter a little bit, or maybe you struggle with some of your words. I mean, that's kind of what you're trying to accomplish. Am I right? Or am I close or am I off? <laughs> yeah, precisely. And that's great. It's, it's great to ask them the rhetorical yes or no question as well, right. because if you can get the viewer to be nodding with you, yeah. um, then they're like, they're saying in their head, yes. And the more you can get them to say yes, when it asks the call to action, then they're more likely to say yes at the same time. So it, it keeps that engagement high as well. So we're, we're, it, difficulty is really another way of saying challenge or problem faced by your audience, right? Um, and and the and and the idea is to get them to say yes. This person is speaking to my concern. Is that right? Precisely. Yeah. And and even if you and a kind of advanced tip with this as well as if you can turn that difficulty into some sort of monster in their head all the better like to almost try and personify it so yeah. you know if you see like a kitchen um detergent um ad on tv for example and it kills all the germs then it's not just you wouldn't just say oh it kills all these germs and list these different latin names for all these germs that's not going to kind of be very convincing so instead what they do is they just turn into like a green monster and they say, and then now look at our um, cleaning products and see them all just disappear. And so it's like we personify the problem of that kind of like dirt and bacteria um, and viruses or whatever it might be being the green monster. And so it feels like as a as the like the enemy. Um, exactly. Yeah, you're creating that enemy for them and, and personifying it. And a great ad that I um, saw came from Allstate Insurance where they created mayhem. Uh, the character. Oh yeah, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're kind of creating this because insurance is not the easiest thing to sell in the world. So um, the by creating this monster, like everyone's like, oh, I don't want that thing to get me, and I want to insure myself from that problem. Um, so it's a it's a great way, and it's funny, and it's all that sort of stuff as well. But like that's the um, if we can personify it in such a way where it also makes the viewer feel like you just described my problem to me in a way that I've never heard someone talk about it before. It really aligns that trust. They feel like, oh, you can explain my problem better than I can. Okay, I'm, I'm listening in now, and so, I, I want to trust you. So we've spent about 15 seconds on the aim. How much time do we spend on the difficulty side of the equation? Well, actually, I'll try and get the aim, difficulty, and understanding in the first um, 15 seconds. So this is Oh, the, wow. This, All that in 15 seconds? Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, keep going. With you, keep going. Keep yeah. going. Um, so, I mean, these are just like sentences. Yeah. It doesn't need to be much. Um, so... The U of educate, the U stands for understanding. And this is really the emotional understanding. So we've we've created this aim. We know what they want. We know what's standing in their way. And now we need to let them know that we know how it feels as well. Um, so when they don't achieve, when they're not achieving their goal, it's like this is what it feels like, frustration or whatever feeling it might be. It might be anxiety. It might be uh, whatever, whatever people are going to be experiencing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a an emotion that people – Oh, it's a very traditional emotion, so to speak. It just may be like, oh, it makes you feel like, oh, or, I don't know. It could be anything that just makes viewer feel like, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Because um, it's, it's you're aligning with their logic as well as their emotion at this point. Um, and so it's, a, it's good to make sure you understand the emotional side of it because that's really where the power comes from. It's if, we, if, if the viewer feels like you, the presenter, or you in the video knows how they feel as well as how they're thinking, then it really starts to bond very closely with them. Um, and it also sets out for the next um, step as well. Um, so, so, so let me pause for a second. So the aim, the difficulty, and the understanding all kind of coupled together into the introduction. So for example, for my conference, I could say, um, are you 
uh, are you a marketer whose job is to be the hero for your company, but you you have a limited budget and Facebook just keeps making it harder and harder for you to be successful because of that darn evil algorithm. <laughs> if you know, you're not alone, you're one of many millions and I feel that frustration. I mean, something like that, is that kind of, did I just kind of accomplish all three? I don't know. I mean, I'm just playing with you here. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, obviously that was like off the cuff. And so that's yeah. amazing. That, that, I mean, it normally takes me three days to write a script. So. I used to be a copywriter, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, something along those lines, right? Exactly. And you've personified the algorithm as well. And yeah. you might want to kind of create a little image that, or a little monster to make it look like a complicated thing that you can't tackle yet, so right. to speak. Yeah, great. I love that. Um, okay, perfect. And also, like, you might really align with the fact that, like, oh, even when people say they're doing really well on these platforms, did you know that actually some of the biggest companies are still struggling with their yeah. Facebook? You can kind of you make them feel really comfortable with the fact that, like, oh, it's not just me. Okay, cool. What, like, you know how it feels as well? Amazing. Like, you could even maybe tell a story about, like, did you know our conversion rates or our cost per lead? You might want to not get into that much detail, but you know what I mean? Like, right. you can say, we've been there. We've had horrible months compared to really good months, and we right. know what it feels like. Right. Um, but the, um, the next stage you want to move into is credibility. That's this is the C of educate. And this is the point where you want to align that credibility to the understanding section as well. So you want to make sure that like you know how it feels. And it could be like the hero story type thing. So you like you've been there, you've done it, and you've come through. Sure, that could be one way. But really at this point, the viewer's just desperate for you to be the person to guide them. Um you're saying like, hey, I'm I know what you're looking for because you're aligning the, the viewer's aim with the uh, the keyword they've typed in or the thing they're looking for. You've explained the difficulty better than they probably understand it themselves initially. And they're like, this is amazing. Okay, cool. You're explaining the problem better than I can explain it myself. Then you've got this understanding emotionally that you know what it feels like. They're just crying out for you to be <laughs> the guide at this point. So you don't need to a huge amount. It could be a sentence or two just to say, hey, look, um, I run one of the biggest companies around social media um, uh, training, et cetera, um, however you want to phrase that in such a way. And you might kind of show some images of maybe you on stage um, and the conferences you run and that sort of thing. So just instant, quick snapshots of just mm. huge amounts of credibility very quickly. So they just feel like, okay, this is the expert I need to listen to. Yeah. And and this straight away in, they're like, okay, cool. I, it's just a tick. It's like a checkbox in someone's head at this point to say, can I trust you? Yep. Okay, cool. That's it's done now. I'm in your hands. What do I need to do? So it's 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 literally um, like a Real sentence quick. or two yeah. to just build that credibility. Perfect. Keep going. Yeah. And then we move on to the A of educate. And this is the action plan. So at this point, what we want to do is just lay it out for people in a way that seems easy, easy to digest. So Let's say, for example, you're running a company where in order to get success, they actually have to go through 27 steps. And once they've achieved that, then they might be successful. Um, now, 27 steps is daunting, especially in a video ad, because they're like, okay, you got to this point where, okay, you're my guide. You, I, I know you'll be the person that can help me. Oh, 27 steps sounds hard. Um, and you don't want to phrase it like that. Even if there are 27 steps, you want to try and break it down into three. So three big chunks, potentially. Um and make it kind of feel like, okay, first thing you need to do is this, then you need to do this, then you need to do this. And if you get those three things sorted, you're going to be in great shape. Um, and so, it, like, you, like for example, earlier on I was saying, um, identify what your customer is looking for, create the message that aligns that, and create the perfect product for that. And if you do that, you can't go too far wrong. Now, so so in, the, in the off-the-cuff case I just gave with the Facebook algorithm, I could say your action plan is going to be um, to um, – um, learn Facebook advertising, start your first ad campaign, and then refine as you go. Something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. You might just, yeah, it could be like, learn how to really identify who your audience are, create the messaging for it, and then go live. Got so it. it. Yeah, it, anything like that. So it just feels like for the viewer, like, okay, cool. Yeah, I need to I need to learn how to do this right. uh, for my company. Yeah, perfect. And so it just feels easy. It feels like, okay, cool. Teach me those three three things then. And so they're convinced to say, I know the action plan. It doesn't seem too daunting. I'm in. I'm game. I'm ready to play. And then after the A of educate, you move into the T of educate, and that's teach. So this is the point where you've got this three-step plan. You can take one of these sections 
and like dissect one small part of it. So you can say, um, so let's say, for example, you had a book or something. You could say, oh, look, there's a three-step process in this book, part one, part two, part three, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to do. Now, let me just show you something that's actually on page 53 that I think you're going to absolutely love, and it'll get you started. And it means you can just showcase something that allows the viewer to feel like, wow, that is awesome. That's like, that's, it can be like, you know, well, Michael, I know you speak from stage a lot. Right. You know, sometimes when you present something and those people in the audience, you can see them immediately write something down or go, or they just, there's a sigh in the audience like, oh, wow. Or whatever it is that's kind of like, there's a piece of content that people are like, that's amazing. The that's aha so cool. moment or something is what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. You want to teach it, that part in this video. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. You want to give, and it needs to be about 30 seconds. You've got like a time frame of 30 seconds. Um, and yeah, you just want to let like isolate one small section of that three-step action plan. So people feel like if that was that good, imagine what else will be in this three-step plan that I need to get. Mm. That's kind of like the thing that you're trying to prime here. Um, so, so just to be clear, the action plan doesn't get fully executed in your video just partly so that there's an open loop that they're going to want to go buy whatever it is you have to buy. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. Yeah. So that's why if it, I know one of the video ads we started early on when I kind of was talking a little bit earlier, we said in this video, you're going to learn the three things or the three steps you need to learn in order to really succeed with your social media marketing. I wouldn't necessarily say that at the start of video. I might say, hey, if you're looking to understand exactly how to succeed with your um, social media marketing, um, you might say there's a three-step plan that I want to share with you. Ah, you can say it. that. Okay, um, I like that. Or you might say, I want to give you one strategy you're going to absolutely love today in the video um, and then frame it up as a part of a bigger thing. That's fine. But like, don't sell something. Don't say, I'm going to share with you three things in this video because yeah. uh, and then don't because that's never a nice thing to do. Um, a lot of people do do it that way, but I'd advise people not to. It just leaves a, a weird taste in the mouth, so to speak. How do we but, um, end the video? What's the last step? Yeah, exactly. So once you've done this teaching step um, for the T of educate, you want to make people feel like that was awesome. What's next? So you're, that's naturally what happens. If you give like a really good tip away and they know it's part of a bigger thing, they're, they're going to be wanting to know what's happening next. Um, so you, you're perfect priming into the E, which is the exit part of the video. Now in the exit, you need to make sure everything you've been talking about leads up to this point. Um, so you want to be priming. If you're going to be in this three-step plan, you want to make sure you're kind of selling something about a three-step plan um, in the next step. But you just want to be super crystal clear. A lot of the time, people really focus on their persuasive copywriting to have the best video kind of um, ever. But really what you want to do is just make sure the next step is super aligned to what you've been talking about and really easy for the viewer to take the next step. It's To, to, to click from YouTube is not a difficult thing. But it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to be leaving YouTube now if I click this link. But it's not too difficult if you just make it super simple for them. So don't ask them to do something crazy difficult at the next stage. It should be simply a click and fill in the next page, like a form on the next page, like an opt-in or whatever it is you're giving away at that point or selling at that point. Um, and yeah, I would say if you can show people what it looks like in the video ad, what the next page looks like and what to do. So sometimes in the video, I'll, I'll show a screenshot of the landing page and tell them okay you're going to fill in your name here and your email address here click the submit button and you'll be registered for the webinar if that's what you're promoting right but i'll actually show them like show them exactly what to do next it's like um, future pacing them through that next step they need to take so by the time they hit the page it's already familiar once they've clicked the link and they go to the page it's already familiar and you just want to have like an arrow to show them exactly where to click and that's going to be in the bottom left hand corner of the youtube ad but if you are really clear with that, normally you'll get very good click-through rates and very high sign-up rates on the page, on your landing page as well. How long is this whole ad from beginning to end if we follow your seven-step uh, educate plan? I like to try and keep each video to less than 90 seconds. Wow, um, okay. I mean, we've got some videos that are, do all of that in less than 20 seconds. Wow, <laughs> so, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's when you get really creative and you start to realize that the visuals can start to take over a little bit as well, um, it depends on how long the tip lasts as well. So you can, I mean, I want people to know that the structure to it is that with a pre-roll ad on YouTube is that um, when you run the ad, you pay when someone watches past 30 seconds. Um, and that's actually changing to 10 seconds. But I mean, in the what's been happening and it still happens at this moment in time is that as people watch your videos, 
you'll pay when someone either watches past 30 seconds or clicks to your website. So if someone watches 29 seconds of your video and then disappears and presses skip ad, you won't pay a thing. Mm. Um, you only pay for that really engaged viewer. And the benefit of that being is that at the start of the video, you want to tell people or inform people in a subtle way, this is an ad, I'm promoting something. And also, who here's who exactly who it's for. Now, if you're going for the targeting of like, in this video, you're going to learn this, that's great. They know exactly who this is for. Um, but I'd also recommend that before 30 seconds is up, I'd actually put a pitch in there. I'd say, um, like, I might say at the um, credibility section, straight after that, or maybe even before it, sometimes you want to be something, say something like, hey, look, I'm going to teach you this three-step plan, but just to let you know, I'm actually running a webinar on it, and you can just click the link in the video at any point. It'll take you straight through it. You can register for it. But let me break it down for you right now. I like that. So you can so you can add that in. as So just notify them. This is an ad. You can click there at any time, but now let me break it down for you. And it means that people can click at that point. It also means you inform them it's an ad, but also it does something really clever with the uh, psychology is that you're now getting the viewer to realize it's an ad. They know what to do. And now they go into convince me mode as opposed to I'm just here to learn mode. Um, so it means, okay, cool. I know there's a pitch here. All right, well, teach me something cool and maybe I'll click that link. Wow. But now it's kind of you're there to convince them as opposed to actually um, just give them great content and advice. Tom, I could talk to you for another hour. Easy, man. <laughs> um unfortunately we've run out of time and I would love you to tell people where they can discover more about you and the stuff that you've got going on. So everything that I do is on viewability.co.uk. Uh, my book has just been released and that's viewability. And so that's on Amazon if people want to grab that. Um, but all of our training courses and our agency is all on viewability.co.uk. Tom Breeze, on behalf of all of my listeners, I want to say thank you so much for bringing your awesome wisdom to us today. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. Tom will be speaking at Social Media Marketing World, and you're definitely going to want to check it out. Simply visit socialmediaworld19.com and decide if there's a ticketing option that is right for you. I hope to see you there in person. By the way, if there's anything we mentioned on today's show and you missed it, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 332. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.